0: what it says I am, I can have what it says I can have, I can be who it says I can be and I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the incorruptible, indestructible word of God. My mind is alert, my heart is receptive, my ears are open and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name, in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Father, we just glorify you for your word. We thank you that it falls on good ground. Help me to communicate it like you communicated it to me. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. Well, I'm always honored whenever a pastor asks me. I'm not always available to minister when he asks me because sometimes I'm doing some intense preaching ministry in the true kids area. Woo! Amen, amen. And I believe if you're ever going to be an effective preacher, if you cannot preach to two-year-olds and three-year-olds, hang it up. Because at the end of the day, adults are just big two-year-olds, big 14-year-olds, big 13-year-olds. So I believe if you have a call of ministry on your life, the first place you should start is not here. It's really over there. And if you can break down the Bible where they can understand, then man, you've hit a home run with God. And so sometimes, you know... And my schedule will not permit <laughs> because I'm there. But I was really honored because I know how seriously he takes it. And so I was somewhat a little bit intimidating as well. Because, you know, he's a person that will lock himself up, you know, for 15 days. And hear thunder and lightning and fire and, and all those kinds of things. And he comes out here, you know, with a word. And that's not how the Lord speaks to me. He'll give me one word and then bam, that's it. And in two hours I'm done. You know, so it's kind of very different how the Lord works with us. But I do know. That what I have today is what the Lord has put on my heart for us. Not just you, but for us. And how many of your parents? My parents. Woo! Amen! Oh my, I just saw my volunteer staff just triple. <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> amen. That was a set of question, right? Well here it is. You know that children provide some of the best revelations. So the other day we were in Landon's room, and if you follow me on Facebook, we have this thing called Landylight, Landonites. Because he's always saying something incredibly funny or just out of this world that he shouldn't be processing as a three-year-old. Though he's convinced he's four, he's only three. And so we were in the room and Heaven was, what, you know, was, was rocking him and she was on her, her phone with her Instagram. Now those of you who are not social media savvy, Instagram is just this social media thing that you can post up a photo and have a, you know, a short comment with it and then you know, people comment on it and so on. It's kind of like Facebook but you don't have all the different things. It's only about four pictures. You can't put videos or anything else. So that's Instagram. And so all these teenagers are, are on it. And so she was on there and she you know, saw a picture and she liked the picture and so he said, Heaven, you like that? And she goes, yes. He goes, you heart it? You heart it, you know, like Justin people heart it. So she was like, yes. And I thought, hmm. It started dawning on me. Have we ever done things in the Instagram of our life just to get people to like us? So people can just like it. So I, you know, I, I find myself sometimes you want to post a picture on Instagram or you want to post it on Facebook and you know, it's supposed to be a memory, but it doesn't end up really being a memory. It ends up being a photo op. So, you know, you have Landon running and he's looking so cute and you try to snap him and then he runs past the thing. No, 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 stop. Take it again. Because everyone won't like it if you're running out the frame. So, by the time I get to take the picture, he's frustrated and the joy moment has been gone. Because really the goal is not to capture the moment. The goal is to get you to like my moment. The goal is to convince you that I'm living a life that you would want to live so you can like it. So I can impress you. And so you find ourselves in these moments where we do what we do because we're comparing. Not because we're in our calling, but because we're comparing. And so we want to convince ourselves that if we get enough likes, that we're on top of the world. We have arrived. You know, as of last night, Facebook has 1 billion followers. 1 billion people looking for likes, adding friends. Could you add me as your friend? (laughs) I mean, where did we get to this place where we need to beg people to be our friends? (laughs) And if they unfriend us, we're like, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? How come you don't like me anymore? You know, Twitter has 500 million followers. And believe it or not, we're a society that's been trained to value ourselves based on how many people like us. We're being coaxed into getting others to be impressed with us. But does having to be liked work? Does it really work in in, in real everyday life? What happens when they don't like what we said and how we said it? And when our intentions are pure, but the actions come out wrong. And then all of a sudden, they don't want to be in our circles anymore. They, they, they don't invite us to that basketball game and we didn't get to go to sister's girls nights party and we didn't, we weren't invited to go to, you know, the boss's house and we didn't get those things. What happens with that? We start internalizing and freaking out and wondering, why am I not liked? Why, why do we run after likes when we already have one that loves? Why do we do that? Here's the difference between like and love. Like is situational. Like is seasonal. Oh, I like that shirt, but it doesn't work in the winter, so I don't like it anymore. You know, I like butter pecan ice cream, but I like, I love chocolate. It's, it's like, I like M&Ms personally. I like Kit Kat. I like anything that have chocolate on it. I like chocolate. <laughs> and then you, you know, y'all don't have notes. <laughs> but I really love chocolate that's 85% or higher. That bitter chocolate. I drive all the way from Mansfield to Central Market in Fort Worth to get the brand chocolate that I like. And I will spend $7 on a bar of chocolate, which I consume between coming back from Central Market to Mansfield. So, one, I like the M&Ms, but oh, I will save my money for what I love, that the gold chocolate. There's a difference between like and love. That love with me and that particular chocolate transcends time and season and space. It doesn't matter if it's winter, summer, or fall. It doesn't matter if, if, if you know, I will get all the pennies together and get that chocolate because I love that chocolate. It's a market difference between like and love. So here's the thing. Because we do that, because we like people, based on what they do or they don't do, and we think people like us based on what we do or don't do, and what we say we don't say. We believe God is like that. We believe God is in a like business. That in the Facebook of his life, he can just unlike us. So when we don't perform up to what we think he's expecting us, which is sheer perfection, never have a bad thought, then God don't like me anymore. God's not going to bless me because he doesn't like me and he doesn't like me because I'm not perfect. You see? So I'm not going to, to go after anything important or huge in my life because I know me. And because I know me, I wouldn't like me either. And if I were God, I wouldn't bless me with that. So I'm just not even going to bother to ask. I'm not even going to bother God with that kind of request because I wouldn't bother somebody else because I won't sure if they're like me turn to Isaiah 55 Isaiah 55 verse 8 and then we you know we get trapped because we think but God likes so-and-so more because that's why they have what I am believing for we don't give credence to, to time and faith and, and and calling. We just kind of look at. They have it and I don't. So God likes them. Because they are more spiritual. And he doesn't like me as much. But that's not true. The Bible says. In Isaiah 55 verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts. Are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways. How you would do a thing. And how you would. Scratch people off or add people on based on how you like them. Hey, that's not my way, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth. In other words, as as God is higher as the mastermind of everything, and we are lower, we are earthly beings with a natural wisdom and natural way of processing things and natural understanding. He said, no, hey, I am higher than how you would process. So are my ways higher than my, your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So, so what are the thoughts then that God would have towards me? Turn to Psalm 139. What would be these thoughts then that are higher? Psalm 139, and you know, if you can't turn as fast as me, hey, just look on the screen. Verse 17 says, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. So he's saying, first of all, his thoughts are higher, but now he's telling me what those thoughts are. Towards us, he's got precious thoughts. How many are the sum of them? I mean, how huge is it? And then he goes on to say in Jeremiah what these thoughts are. Jeremiah um, chapter 29 verse 11. And he says, for I know the thoughts. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. So God does not like us. God loves us. And because he loves us, he already has a pre-intended plan to bless us and to give us peace and to give us hope and to give us abundance and to give us prosperity and to give us life. This is who he is. Not because we do or don't do. Not because we say the right things all the time. But because he loves us all the time. You know, I, I mean, I, I check out how powerful this is. And I really want, want us to get it because, you know, David, the Bible says that God said to him, You are a man after my own heart. Now, who calls an adulterer and a murderer? And somebody who flees a man after his own heart. No, let's break it down now. How can you be after God's own heart and you're that flawed, David? You see, we don't remember that part. We only think that Jesus was the only one after God's own heart because he walked perfectly. But God went and met with Moses who ran away. God spoke to Jeremiah who was a child. You know, God, God spoke to, to, to Mary who didn't think she could handle it. God used Rahab who didn't have the best past. I mean, when God loves you, he loves you. All of you. Because he knows when you encounter him, you'll begin to change. He's not loving you as to what you are doing. He's loving you after what the blood is doing. And when he looks at you through the blood, he sees himself. And so here it is that, that that God says to David, Hey, I love you so much that I will prepare a table for you in the midst of your enemies. And I will anoint your, your, your head with oil. I love you so much that even though you've done these things, I'm going to elevate you into such a place that your enemies are going to have to get blessed out of your abundance. And they will live long enough to see it. That's how God operates. If you have a heart towards him and you're repentant towards him, that is all he's asking for. He's not asking you for it to be perfect because it's impossible. But he's asking you to walk blameless before him, which is very possible because you can keep your heart right before the Lord. So, so, So here's the thing. We don't ask for anything or many times we don't act boldly for it. We just hope wishingly that God will do something. And we, we pray that he does it fast. We fill ourselves with doubt because unfortunately we, we are having a hard time thinking that we would do it so God would deliver out of it. But at the end of the day, I want to challenge us. We have to aim to please the one who loves us rather than pacify the many that we want to like us. Amen? Amen. Jeremiah 31.3 says this. Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, have I drawn you. And I'm getting ready to close in five minutes. Let me tell you something. This, this is where it became real for me when God gave me this example. All right? And I want you to remember this because from this point, when you walk out of here, you need to go tear up your faith and just go boldly before the Lord. Let me tell you why I know that I know that you're not just liked by God. Let me tell you how I personally know that you and I, we are loved by God because we hear it. God loves you. God loves you. But you, 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 it's like you kind of accept in your mind. Yeah, God loves him. But he don't love me. God will get so-and-so pregnant, but not me. God will promote so-and-so, but not me. God will restore so-and-so's marriage, but not mine. But let me show you how I know. In Genesis one twenty six, this is some of the teaching. You now, this is the pastor, Evan, and me coming out because, you know, he did teach me everything I do know. God says that he made us in his image and his likeness, right? Okay. Image and his likeness. Now, when God was trying to make the the cows, he just formed them out of the earth, right? He just formed them out of the earth. When he was trying to make all the fish and stuff, he spoke to the sea and it came out of the sea. But when he was creating us, he had to speak to himself. Now, our bodies were formed from the earth. So that's when we die, our body returns to the earth but our spirit who the essence of who we are the real life that we have in us was called out from God by God he had to speak to himself to get us you you're with me how do you not love yourself and your God you know then Colossians I want you to turn to Colossians because this is really important Colossians 2 verse 9 Colossians 2 verse 9 Colossians 2, verse 9. Okay, now check this out. This is really good. Colossians 2, verse 9. And it says here, All right. Beware lest any man spoil you, verse 8, through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. We're talking about Christ now. Ready? Verse 9. For in him, Christ, in him, Christ, right, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So that's saying that if you were to ever have seen God in his fullness, you would have seen Christ. Christ was the epitome. He was a reflection. He embodied Everything that God was, He gave us a physical, fleshly example. And so when He said, you've seen the Father, you've seen me. That means if we were to ever touch God in human form, if we were to ever see what He was really like, if we were to ever experience Him, Christ came and in the flesh, He was an example and a, and a perfect image of what God was going to be like. Are you with me? All right. Dwells in the fullness of the Godhead bodily. oh oh Verse 10. Boy, I tell you, I wish this church was a gymnasium. I would just leap over here. And it says here, and you, say, and you, you. say, and me, And me. And and I am complete in him, which is ahead. What does that mean? If Christ is the embodiment and the fullness, and I am complete in Christ. Then I must have the fullness within me. So when God spoke to himself and he said, create man, he was doing this. He was blowing his life into us. He was blowing his life into us. He was blowing himself into us. Wisdom into us. Ability into us. Health into us. Authority. Authority. Grace, peace, acceptance, joy, power, might. Inside of you is everything you need. So when I tell you you are loved by God. You boldly go before the throne of grace. And you don't act like he likes you. You act like you know you're full of him. You act like he's seeing himself in you. And you say, hey, Father, fix my marriage in the name of Jesus. I declare it whole. You say to your finances, I call you healed. You say to your body, I call you well. You say to your job, I call myself on top. You don't have to fear ridicule. You don't have to fear persecution. Because he who is in you is also for you and always with you. So you don't have to fear persecution when the people who don't like you talk about you. Because the one who loves you is talking to you. You don't have to worry when your finances are getting rough because Jehovah Jireh, who is your provider, is in you and is for you. You don't have to worry when the doctor gives you a report because the fullness Of him who has called you is in you. And the Bible declares that he blesses our bread and he blesses our water and he removes sickness from me. Psalm 91 says, no sickness will dwell in my dwelling place. You have what it takes to succeed. You have what it takes because you are loved. You are not an orphan. You are not a what left. You are not somebody's little child who got left by the wayside. You belong to God. You belong to God. I belong to God. And so I challenge you this week. What are you going to go after? What is that dream you've been pacifying and, and, and kind of being very tender with because you didn't have the confidence? But you know that he's in you. You have everything. The Bible says that the Christ, who was raised from the dead, That kind of resurrection power lives inside of you. So if there's anything dead in your way, if there's anything dead in your life, if there's anything dead in your marriage, if there's anything dead with a relationship, you have the ability to call upon that resurrection power of God. You have the ability to say, rise up and live because he lives in you. What are you going to pick back up? What promotion are you going to go for this week? What job are you going to apply for? It don't matter about your education. you got he who formed the seeds living inside of you. The Bible says that this, is Christ, this mind that was in Christ is in you. You don't need a degree. You just need the mind of Christ. You have to, the ability to tap into thousands of years of wisdom. Thousands of years of knowledge. What are you going to pick up this week? What are you going to go to and talk to and say, uh-uh. You're going to rise up. So I just came to tell you here that you're not liked. God doesn't operate like Facebook and Twitter. and He doesn't delete you from his account. He's got a check mark on you all the time. Consistently, the Bible says in Second Chronicles, that he's looking to and fro the earth for someone to be good to. For them who are called according to his name. He's always looking to be good to you because God indeed is good. He's not looking to punish you and make your life miserable. You got to get rid of that lie in your head. And do what the Bible says. He's looking for you to be strong to. He's looking for you to be good to. He wants the Bible saying Isaiah to make us a praise in the earth. Meaning that when people see us and encounter us. Because we have God life in us. They'll encounter him and their lives will be changed. Because our lives have been changed. So. That one thing you're going to do this week is find out what you're going to go after. What different? Can you imagine if all of us went after that big, bold thing, used our faith and launched out into the deep and didn't worry about who thought what, 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 we just did what God wanted us to do. Collectively imagine what kind of, of power and authority we would have in our, in our community because we are just doing what we want for God figure out that one thing. The next thing this week, you're not going to let people take out your ear. You're not going to let what they say get to you. What they didn't do get to you. That they didn't invite you get to you. That they played the basketball game without you get to you. You're not going to let that diffuse you because you know what? You've got God life in you. And God indeed he loves you. Amen. 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 Look at your name and say you cannot fail. You are wired to win. Hallelujah! Oh, we bless your name. Oh, we bless your name. Oh, we love again. Father, we glorify you. We thank you, Lord, because you have already set it up in our favor. You've already set the race for us to win. Father, thank you, God, that as you encourage these men and women of God, Lord, that they will know without a shadow of a doubt that they belong like with you there. You are deeply in love with them that you spend your days with your mind full of them in such an incredible way that you're always finding ways to be strong to them. You're always finding people to be good to them. That it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to pull. It doesn't matter if he tries to push back. God, we'll go forward because you know that you love us. And so we just thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you are here... And you have never...